Welcome to the Cannabis Connection. I'm Christopher Carr. Thank you for tuning in to Santa Cruz Cannabis Talk Radio here on the beautiful KSEO, Santa Cruz's own Cannabis Talk Radio. Every Friday night, building community cannabis since 2015. I'm Christopher Carr. Thank you for joining us. Our guest this evening is Full Moon Farms. They are eco-friendly, organic, compassionate care supporters and of great causes. They live simply a Humboldt County original. This is a, a one-tribe craft cannabis farm. My guest is Nick. Welcome to the Cannabis Connection. Hey, thank you for uh, having me, man. I, I really love what you're uh, doing down there for the whole grassroots cannabis community. Likewise, man. And and for our people listening, can you speak a little bit to to the farm or, or wherever you are in the world tonight? Where are you joining us from? <laughs> yeah, man, central uh, Humboldt County right now. Um, our farm's out on Highway 36, uh, you know, in between like the Bridgeville-Dinsmore area. And uh, just, just stoked to be here and be a part of this. Yeah, I know it's it's great to have you, and uh, it's been it's been busy. We we connected last week, and we've been exploring this theme of uh, the tangled roots and uh, and building community in cannabis. And we we spoke on the phone, which I thought was a really nice conversation about this opportunity to come out and connect with our our fellow farmers. A lot of this a lot of this conversation, this broadcast, has been an exercise in public service but in many ways it's a it's an archive it's it's documenting history as we as we make it and in many ways this industry is is going to have a massive impact for the future of agriculture and this changing climate and also the changing landscape of, of policy around this drug war and so can you speak a little bit to your roots in humble and 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 your roots in cannabis and how this uh this plant and this calling and this vocation, this life's work, how did that manifest and, and how did you, you know, find yourself where you are today with taking care of this plant and also taking care of uh, the community up in Humboldt? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I guess my my first uh, interactions with cannabis was, uh, you know, pre-five years old. You know, I'm generational. My dad grew cannabis, very, you know, small batch, just you know, for for the personal uh, in the backyard back when, you know, in the 70s when it was definitely a, a big no-no here in California. And my earliest uh, memory in life was uh, my dad being raided. My uh, swing set was set up out in his little uh, patch in the backyard to where I could swing up, you know, tip my feet through the fan leaves, that type of thing. And I just, you know, we grew up real humble. It was a small house. We didn't have much. And I remember the day law enforcement came in, you know, they were stepping on our veggie garden, you know, we needed that for the winter time. They were overturning our, our house and the few things that we had inside and ripped up his plants and that whole bit. And that was just a real big impact on me. Um, it just kind of seared into my memory and, and I can literally say my very first memory that I have left in, in life was of cannabis. And, and, uh, you know, my dad pretty much sheltered me from it from that point on, you know, I think it was a little traumatic for him as well, but, um, you know, as, as all teenagers do, as, as life kind of progressed on, you know, we, we started experimenting and, and playing around with uh, cannabis again in the junior high years. And uh, I think I was about 14 years old, and I had a, had a bag of some old Mexican swag weed and found a couple seeds and sprouted my first plant at 14. And I was real proud of that one. You know, had that one hidden out in the backyard and showed it to all my friends till one of them uh, – uh, decided to rip it off the first year, and <laughs> that was my uh, that was my intro into uh, loose lips, think ships, and uh, <laughs> and all things moving forward with cannabis. You know, keep it to yourself. Yeah, that was very much the the practice, the way of life, and it, it was uh, a mixed bag too because it's pretty isolating living in that state of uh, uh, a trauma too. I mean, that's I mean your experience growing up as a as a youth, it, it, even with your dad with a small patch, it was. It was a little bit of a draconian enforcement, especially up in that part of California, the the camp era, right? It was, it's come it such a crazy camp. way. Like you, we spoke to your dad, and just the shift from today to uh, just a lifetime, right? Just we were speaking to you as a as a young man to now. It's crazy the shift. 
the crazy the shift i mean even the last six seven years i mean it's just it's mind-boggling you know from what it was to what it is now and you know um you know going through all those the we call them the years of fear you know with the helicopters hovering and and the cops Same, knocking on your door yeah. and the 215 era that gray area you know and that whole thing to legalization, you know, where we, we didn't talk to everybody. We didn't, you know, reach out across the aisle and, and uh, across the county like we do today. And, and with the opening doors of legalization, you know, it's introduced me to a lot of really cool people, just good souls, like-minded individuals that really want to succeed. They have the right purpose for the plant, the right direction for the plant. They want to be here in 10 years, you know, sharing their love and passion and, and uh, there's other small farms like me that are just we're, we're gravitating towards each other, and it's just a really cool synergetic force right now. And and we need that because the the market's in turmoil right now, as everybody knows. You know, it's it's uh it's time for the the little farms to circle the wagons and and rally for each other. You know, it's not an individual thing anymore. Amen. I was well said, and it is. There's there's despair. There's uh heartbreak and there's uh hopelessness it's a heavy it's a heavy feeling uh, especially with this calling we've we've spoken to many operators all over california all over the west coast speaking to this this deep passion this deep calling this deep this desire to do do right by the plant yet uh we, we've had some t- turmoil before too and that's something that We've spoken to a couple cultivators, and I'm, I'm thinking back to Santa Cruz last year had a massive CZU wildfire up in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and uh, there was a lot of cultivators, kind of backyard traditional farmers, too, that just uh, which are so special, too, in, in the sense that they preserve the beans and keepers of these rare varietals. And, and uh, you and I spoke to that, too, the, the importance of, of supporting the the almost like the regional land races, for example, in Santa Cruz, one cultivar that comes to mind is we're home of the Hayes, and up in Humboldt is the Arcata train rack. And maybe these aren't the most marketable cultivars today, but long term, they're legends, and they could always have a, an amazing purpose. They're still being grown out in these mountains and these hills all over California, and it, it is so much of that that we need to think about and, and rally the farms, even in, uh, rally the communities, because this is a, a collective uh, challenge when it comes to environmental things like wildfires, but also uh, economic factors like this market uh, glut that we're experiencing in here in the 2021 harvest. Can you speak to that a little bit, too, and, and some some amazing things that are happening with you and, and, and uh, Ridgeline and Moon Maid and uh, I mean, we had John on as well, uh, but it, I think it's really important that we uh, come together in a spirit of, of co-opetition. Yeah, absolutely, you know, and, and, you know, kind of going back real quick to that, you know, the, those legacy staple strains, you know, if we lose those to history, they're they're lost, you know, they're only going to be stories. And, and the marketplace just isn't really pushing for, uh, you know, um, you know, bulk train wreck anymore, bulk haze, but... Those are the foundation strains that make so many of the strains that are out there today that we love, you know, and and we can't just continue chasing fad strains. I mean, that's, you know, that's the bulk of the market right now, and there's a lot of hype and marketing behind them. But, um, you know, there's a deeper quality to those legacy strains, and they're, they are legends for a reason. They were base strains for all these other genetics for a reason, and, and we need people to hang on to that. And, uh, you know, we were kind of touching base on, on – um, you know, the creativity and the artistic ability of farmers is kind of getting pushed to the side right now with, with the regulations and, and how the market's treating us. And up here, we, we get charged, you know, a, a, by the square foot to cultivate. So it's really hard for small farms to dedicate a certain amount of their square footage just for pheno hunting or seed hunting in hopes that, you know, a few years down the road, somebody might like it. You know, it's, it's, it's a big gamble. So it's, it kind of takes the, the fun out of the artistic part of it because there's so much financial, um, you know, heaviness on the back end. And Yeah, um, a lot at stake. Yeah. It, it is. It is. But, you know, like what you were just saying with, you know, Moon Maid and, and, and Jason and, and uh, you know, Huckleberry Hill Farms, you know, these guys, they have they have some staple uh, genetics that's, that's theirs. And, um, you know, they're in it for the right reasons. You know, it's not all about profit. There's a lot of passion. There's a lot of community. There's, uh, you know, this, this just sense of culture and lifestyle. And if you take profit out of it, it becomes fun again. I mean, we all got to eat, 
but you yeah. know he's getting rid of you know what I mean? But it's um but you take the profit part of it out and, and get back to why we're in it in the first place. And it's, it's really bringing us together, you know, and Jason and Johnny, um, they, they started this Tangle Roots brand and they're just highlighting, um, two farms at a time. Um, and they, they look for legacy farms that are doing things correctly, eco-friendly, give back to their community and let them pick their own strains. You know, it doesn't have to be a hype strain. It can be, you know, an, an internal, you know, exclusive type thing. And, and uh, they're sharing two, two uh, one jar, two, two farms, and um, just kind of trying to promote that and give the consumer uh, something special, you know, something the farmer wants to share. And it doesn't, it's, we're not chasing THC percentages. You know, we're focusing on the experience and the flavor and the terpenes and um, just enjoying it, you know, getting back to the basics and trying to give the, the you know, the consumer a value at the same time. Yeah, that's, you know, and that's it's a breath of fresh air and something I really want to support and, and continue to emphasize that uh, the more that we could see that in, in other counties, maybe other communities, other legacy spaces, it would be really cool to see this opportunity for farms to kind of share the, the burden of costs of getting something to market, but also cross promote in a way that is uh it's a mutual thing. I think. I think that's the was always the hope of legalization, and unfortunately, Prop 64 was just such a uh, a cautionary tale of legalization, not necessarily the the golden standard. <laughs> We've learned right, a lot. Right. Well, you know, and Chris, I mean, this is why it's so important for you know, like what you're doing. I mean, this is this is uh, massive exposure. You know, being able to tell these stories and get that out there because a lot of these small farms we don't have big marketing budgets, you know, we can't compete with these corporate operators. So, you know, the grassroots Avenue, you know, I always, I always say, you know, it's, um, you know, cannabis consumers, they, they can see through bullshit. And when stuff is, when stuff is real, uh, they know it, you know, when it's authentic and, and, uh, you know, these legacy farms have authentic stories. They've been through it. You know, they've, they've put in their time and they're Literally. Really trying to bring a better, yeah, they're trying to bring in a better product for the consumer. Like they're proud to share this with you. And me personally, if I wouldn't roll something up and smoke it with my own dad, I wouldn't sell it to anybody else or share it with somebody else. <laughs> Amen. Well, and that that is the proof in the pudding right there. That's the ultimate test. Is 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 it dad approved? I, I have a similar yeah. relationship with my father, and we grow together. It's a it's a it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful pastime, uh, farming, uh, thinking about um, thinking about the seasons, thinking about the soil, thinking about what to do. We're in a, in a we're in a busy time, obviously, right now. But the winter is also a, a amazing time to to kind of contemplate to to think about the fertility and the and the life force in the ground and 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 get excited about also rest i mean that's key i mean i know it's like we're burning that midnight oil right now i know last week you you couldn't do it because you were working all night and then i hit you up days later and you're like yeah we're still at it man <laughs> Yeah, we're actually still out there. I'm I'm taking some time off to do this with you, brother. I appreciate it. No, I understand how it is. It's uh, you got to get it. You got to go while it, while you can. And uh, it, it it's kind of amazing too that, that that amount of pressure and that amount of stress also is just uh, it's a fuel. It's a it, it's a catalyst that that can really you rise to the occasion. And, and we are uh, still in the in the infancy of this new new era and, and what I would hope to see it's so malleable right now right we can help shape things yeah. and, and holding on to the the legacy culture and one thing I would encourage too is all the community members all the adults that can do their six plants to to think about preservation and and sharing of some some special things like we talked about the the rare haze the rare arcade a train wreck or or even any other land race that appeals, you know, you, you're you're legally allowed to grow six plants. Every adult, not everyone has land, not everyone has a massive garden or space, but you could do pots on a on a porch. Uh, it does great. I tried some amazing flower today that was on on the front deck. Uh, this plant is amazing, and when you have the right seeds, it, it really can perform and. I think it is important too, as uh, as farms, that we encourage others to to preserve and, and keep on growing, even the old timers that are maybe in the traditional space, just to keep the strains alive and share it amongst the community. One hundred percent, and not should you know, not only should everybody try to grow six plants if they're able to, but you know, it's rewarding and it's therapeutic. And I mean, there's something about, and I mean, I, we love to grow everything, but you know. 
I don't sit there for hours staring at my tomato plants or, you know, a corn plant, but you can stare at a cannabis plant for hours. And I mean, I've, I've been doing it for decades. <laughs> I still smile. I walk through a cannabis garden and I smile. There's an energy that comes yeah. off of the plant, you know, and it's rewarding, you know, and when you know it's, you know, and it's also, it's one of those plants that it, it gives you, it's reciprocal. It gives you back what you give it. If you put your energy into a cannabis plant, it will reward you at the end of the year with a better product. You know, if you treat it like a commodity and just, you know, salt it down and spray it with chems, that's what you're going to get at the end of the year. You know, it's a weed. It will give you something, but it's not going to give you its best. But if you give it all your love, it gives you its love back. And it's just, it's just, uh, it, you know, it's, it's a real spiritual thing. And you Amen. can feel that when you walk through a healthy garden. Yeah, a healthy garden is something that is truly healing. Uh, peace through cultivation. And we just celebrated Veterans Day and, and, and big ups to all the veterans. And we've had the Santa Cruz Veterans Alliance come on and, and they speak to this a lot of, of this is, and it's changed quite a bit with Prop 64. And I kind of want to think about it might be through, uh, adult gardens or, or coordinating, uh, some sort of community endeavor, but, there's peace through cultivation. There, there's quite that. There's quite a benefit. Uh, for me personally, I, I enjoy growing the flower more than using the flower for the for because all use is medicinal use. But, but just the act of having a garden, no matter how big, right? One, one or two plants too, is something you have this uh, presence in your life. Something to take care of. It's a game changer. Absolutely. It takes care of you. It does take care of you, and, and I'm glad you said that, you know, that it's always medicinal because, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, cannabis has been around for thousands of years. Um, it's been, uh, you know, used as medicine, predominantly uh, as, you know, it, as a healing plant. And so, you know, now that legalization is here, you know, we are all becoming better consumers and cultivators through science. And with, like, the advent of all this testing and the studying of the cannabinoid profiles and the terpenes, we're starting to understand like what these terpenes do for us and how they can be applied medically. And, um, that's huge on the compassionate care front, but you know, I mean, even for the, like the basic consumer that's just going to the dispensary to grab, you know, uh, a joint for the day and, and just, just wants to go get high. There's, they're going to get some medical benefit out of it, um, regardless. And so, I mean, there's that little bonus that they should be aware of and, you know, um, you know, and obviously, you know, how terpenes affect every, you know, the entourage effect, it affects, uh, you know, your whole experience with that flower. And the more you understand about the terpenes, it, you're going to understand the experience that you're going to get and why you're having it. And, you know, it's not all about, you know, chasing those THC percentages. And, and I go back to like a lot of these award ceremonies, they have two main awards, one for terpenes and one for THC percentages are most potent. <laughs> if they separate those is because there's a correlation with you know, higher THC percentage strains having lower terpene percentages. Yeah, and, it's wild. Know, and, and Hopefully, someday we'll evolve from that. I, I know. Well, you know, and that's why we're here. You know, it's, yep. it's all. You know, ter- terpene education is a hot topic right now, and and people are um, they're jumping on the bandwagon. You know, it's uh, you, you, we just got to reach that everyday consumer that doesn't want to go into a dispensary and. Uh, play scientist and have to read a chart you know we got to get more consumer friendly with things you know color coordinate or use icons that type of thing and say hey you know this this strain has this terpene in it and it's going to do this for you and just kind of help them guide the pro you know through the navigate the process of finding a good flower that's uh that they're searching for because everybody's individual you don't need a bud tender to tell you what you want you know you got yes. you got you know what i mean Oh, 100 percent. And that and that's a key thing, too, is it, it does take a little effort to care. But when you when you when you want to learn and, and ask the right questions, the the cool thing about cannabis is such a, a it's such a deep rabbit hole to explore because it fractals out in these other uh, other like I'm thinking about coffee and I was thinking about wine while you were talking about personally, like the more I appreciate a good cup of coffee I I like to know what region it's from. I I love to learn about farmers and and you know Costa Rica, Central America, Mexico, even Africa and Kenya and Ethiopia and understanding. Eventually, you do learn developing a palate, right? That's a 
that's 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 that takes time and it takes a little bit of effort, it takes a little bit of uh, awareness and, and putting your consciousness to, towards that. But once you just take a little bit of effort to learn a little bit more or to pay attention is the main thing is just being aware. Um, then you understand those effects are correlated to, you know, Ethiopian yoga chef has a very lemon, you know, a lemon profile in the cup when you do a pour over and when you do a, a French press, it's, it's, it's a whole different complexity and, and certain varieties of cannabis when you roll a joint compared to the bong rip, you know, you get these different experiences and there's also a lot of benefits and, and advances in the tech regarding the concentrates and the hash and the resin and the rosin. Uh, and that's a whole nother, like, these, all these areas of exploring the, the, the vast potential that this flower can provide. And it's not just, I agree with you. And I think we need to, I can't say it enough that the, the potency of the cannabinoid profile is such a one-sided, uh, short-sighted view of, of, of what, what, what is quality or what is, you know, as far as pricing too. I think that's just such a backwards way of looking at things because some of the most complex coffees and, and complex wines, you know, it's not so much the active compound, but it's the whole entourage effect of the, of the variety and understanding terroir and, and being a generational farmer and being a part of this, uh, community up in in humble humble's huge right it's, it's it's almost two counties there's northern and there's southern and and you guys have such a deep culture same with santa cruz a deep history with with growing this flower and 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 the way we go about it is uh masterful it's it's generational and and that's something that is amazing to to experience we're coming up on the emerald cup and i just wanted to do a quick shout out um for Dear Val Corral of, of Wham, and and then of course Alec Dixon, and and trying to to you know encourage people for the small farms initiative. They're trying to support some small farms, and that deadline is tomorrow. So if anyone's listening and is a small farmer, and that they have all these regions across California where they're trying to support small farmers, and I think you know I applaud that endeavor. I applaud this creative way of how how can we create ways to support these small farmers in these legacy areas throughout California because these areas kept this alive through this dark period of prohibition and, and the drug war and and there's a lot of flavors that come with these different terroirs and specifically you know where you're at and you have some amazing farmers nearby right florida vita we we were speaking to you you're doing a bunch of work tomorrow um but you know speak to the actual like flavor profiles that come out of 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 the farm and the land there um, and, and like some key notes, because I feel like you guys get some really quality flower that has very unique, like, oh, yeah, this is humble, humble herb. 100%. I mean, like you just, you kind of nailed it. I mean, Humboldt's huge. And I got friends on all corners of this county. And literally from my farm to Johnny's farm on the back road, it takes me two and a half hours to get to my friend. Whoa. You know what I mean? Hours, like, that's, yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, that's humble time, you know. I mean, everything's in hours. We don't speak in miles. It's like how far <laughs> is in hours. But, uh, but, but, I mean, there's, there are a lot of, of varying mi microclimates, and it's not even just, you know, the nuances per strain. It's the nuances per strain per climate. And, there you go. Uh, you know, and I, I kind of touched on this with you a little bit on our last conversation, but, you know, uh, you know Kevin Jodry uh, gifted us uh, six, seven years ago a unicorn cut of this Primberle that was that was designed for extraction, really terpy. You know, it's about a 22% THC strain. And, um, you know, we, we grew it um, in three different microclimates. Uh, we, we got three really distinct microclimates, and two of them are only two and a half miles apart. Um, just by location on the farm, you know, ver, you know, sun versus shade tolerant, that type of thing, we uh, one year we only got 11% THC out of it. The next year, same cut, same genetic, we got 22%. So we we Whoa. jumped it up. Yeah, we jumped it up 11% just by moving it to where it wanted to be. And then when it, when we were comparing the terpene profile on it, exact same cut, two and a half miles away in a completely different microclimate, the underlying terpenes rose to the surface. So the whole profile of the plant you know changes, and you know and it's it's. There's so much, so much of that going on in Humboldt, you know, and Mendocino and and Trinity, you know, the whole area up here. It's just, it's got so many different, uh, 
different areas that treat different genetics better or worse. And, you know, you really got to spend years kind of fine-tuning what works best at your farm, your location, and why. You know, how late do you want to run into the season? You know, how early do you want to be able to get it out before the weather turns on you? What holds up against mold? What doesn't? Um, you know, what handles the heat better? And, um, you know, it's an art form, and we're learning every day. We're not masters by any means. I mean, we are, we are students. We wake up, you know, with more questions every day than we do answers, but we keep plugging forward, and that's what makes it exciting. Yeah, it, 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 burn and learn. It's always a, a humbled. Every year I'm humbled. It, it's amazing how much you can you can you can be humbled by this plan. And 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 when you think you have some grasp of something, it, it can surprise you. And and like you said, just moving <laughs> moving within these little spaces on the farm in the microclimates, you can see dramatic changes in the in the certificates of analysis of the different profiles it's amazing that we have these tools now and we also have this community that we could we could share and compare notes i think that's the the biggest hope here is one of the big uh pros of legalization is is that we have this uh, capacity now to come out and and really start going into that scientific method and i do have a caller on the line and 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 he's been very patient so welcome marshall to the cannabis connection You're welcome. Yes. Do you have a question? Uh, I, I, I just want to know um, what happened with the Santa Cruz uh, only one vote to increase the tax on cannabis. Uh, and, and don't they realize that they're they're going to scare everybody away? And all all, all the all these dispensaries are opening up, uh, and they're they're killing the goose. Yeah, thanks, Marshall. No, it's hard. I mean, it's it's it, every county is going through these growing pains of trying to dial it in, and that's the kind of mixed bag of local control with Prop 64. That was something that. I tried to be very uh, neutral on the radio, but personally, I wasn't feeling how the patchwork of, of local control made sense. Um, and maybe, you know, like you and what you said, Nick, too, of, of every every square foot is is it costs. You know, you're being you know, it, it's really hard to, to continue to evolve something. But I think that's what we can do with this openness in this new time is, is hopefully continue to, to organize and, and uh, open a dialogue in a way that is going to support the operators that can survive these challenging times. Because we've, we've been through challenging times before. There's there's these peaks and valleys in a volatile market. But maybe you could speak to that because this in the context of this time compared to other hard times. Sure. You know, and I mean, we, we have seen low points before, but let's you know, let's be realistic, and it's, um, you know, I mean, the green rush did happen. You know, we've just spent the last 20 years, you know, the, the word got out, right? You know, I mean, people used to come here back in the, the 90s, early 2000s, and, you know, maybe take a trunk home to the, you know, trunk load home to the East Coast, and the word got out. We had it good, you know. I mean, there was a fear factor, but, you know, you grew a little bit of weed. It was worth a lot of money, and, and the green rush happened. People came, and, and what right? it just swelled so big. Um, you know, right now what we're seeing is a giant purge event. And, um, you know, not all these farms were meant to make it and they didn't, they weren't in it for the right reasons. You know, they didn't have the long vision. They were kind of taking advantage of the system. And so a lot of this stuff, this, this purge has to happen in a sense, but we are going to lose, uh, some friendly fire farms. You know, we got, we got some legacy farms that we love that are producing really good quality stuff. And they were always happy with their, you know, thousand, 2000 square foot garden in the backyard never wanted to, you know, scale up and, you know, with today's regulation and all the, and all the variable costs that come with it, it makes it extremely tough. I think that, you know, we're going to rip the bandaid off the wound. There's going to be some bleeding out, but, you know, give it a year. We're going to, we're going to see the pendulum swing back to a little bit more manageable and the farms that stick with it, the ones that are in it for the right reasons and, and carry the quality. That's the biggest thing with those small farms. You cannot let your quality slip or you're in a much bigger B grade market. And yeah. uh, we don't want to be we don't want to be in that market. So there is a path to survival. Um, it's just going to be painful. Um, this is this is tough. I mean, it's uh, you know between the rains and the mold loss and the market crash and uh, you know you know the price of doing business is going up like thirty percent here this year. Like everything that you purchase is going up. You know, there's there's a crisis in the soil industry right now for 
those that are buying soil and, um, you know, all this kind of stuff's happening. But, you know, we've been adaptive for years. I mean, that's how we've gotten to this point. You know, we've, we've adapted um, how we've needed to and, and gotten through it. And we're tough. We're resilient. You know, we're, that's, that's why we're out in the hills. You know, it's not an easy life, you know, and, and it yeah. never was, Yeah. you know, and yeah. we're going to, we're going to, we're going to make it. Those that want to make it will make it. It's, it's going to happen. There's going to be the federal legalization wall will come down. Prop 64 is not a, a great thing for the small farms by any means. But when we go national, we might have a much smaller percentage of the market share, maybe 10%, but it's going to be of a much bigger market. And there's going to be people out there across this country that are going to care about what they ingest. You know, they, they're going to care about what's on their food plate. They're going to care about, you know, what they're putting in their bong or rolling up at night. And they're going to want to support those small legacy farms that are producing craft and taking care of the planet and taking care of them. Well said. I mean, that's so preach. It's, it's so comforting because I think you just encapsulated the sentiment that, it's there. It's uh, why would you ever doubt? It's like wisdom, right? But but it's hard sometimes. You get caught up in in the doom and gloom of uh, social media too can perpetuate that. And and but but I do appreciate uh, a, con, a you know continual effort of supporting one another uh, and, and maintaining this optimism. And you're so right. There will be a federal market. And even having a small market share of a of a much bigger market, California is a country. I mean, we are a big place. There's a lot of opportunity. It it is still very much building the plane as we fly it. There is this patchwork of local ordinances that are also like what what our caller was referring to is you know there's there's shifts in the local policy and they're not the best shifts. And that's also an opportunity to encourage maybe cannabis stakeholders and cannabis operators or or, or cannabis friendly or family to to the community to run for local office. I think it is an opportunity to engage a, a, a little more deliberately in, in the civic process. And I think having more, uh, if you look in the history of uh, of other resilient yet hard uh, trades of Maybe trucking, for example, is another one that's going through hard times. And we saw the Teamsters. We saw organizing in a way that they were all paid. There was a a golden era of having a wonderful life, uh, being a part of a union. And maybe that's something we saw with Cesar Chavez, uh, a way to take care of workers, to take care of farmers. There's, There's a lot of opportunity here. And the more we can come together and collaborate and the more we can talk and communicate, and organize the, the better off we will be it's just early we're very early it, it is you know and i've i've never been a big political person um you know i i've i've uh you know wanted to be in the hills and just kind of be more self-reliant i i've never tried to involve myself in too much of the political process i see a lot of broken cogs in those wheels and just kind of bitter about things but when legalization happened it was you know something i was extremely passionate about so I got involved with the Humboldt County Growers Alliance. I'm on their policy committee. And the first thing I saw is, you know, when you're when you're trying to deal with policy and shape and form, especially a new industry that's an old industry like we have, right? Because everybody, you know, these suit and ties, it's a new industry to them, but it's a very old industry to the rest of us. And there's just new rules being applied to us. And, um, you know, is, is compromise, the word compromise, because – you know, the small farms want it one way, the big farms want it another. It's trying to find this middle ground. And, um, you know, I, I think the small farms end up losing more in the, in the long run because little compromises are big hits to us. But that's sure. one thing I that's one thing I see continuously is, OK, this 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 idea of compromise. OK, what do we got to do to uh, move forward? You know, and tax reform needs to happen. You know, we're. We're sitting on, you know, again, you know, this is just a Humboldt County thing, but our our um, square footage tax goes up 10% annually, you know, for inflation. Well, you know, in 10 years, our square footage tax doubles. You know, that can't go on forever. Um, yeah, you know, that was, yeah, you need responsive policy, right? Some things are not meant yeah. to be just set it and forget it. You need to change things and readjust. Responsive. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, you know, um, Getting down there and letting your board of supervisors hear it, you know, being vocal, um, it, it matters. I, I'm seeing the community come together. I've I've never seen so many people crawl out of the hills to show up at the courthouse on some of these things. And, <laughs> it's and, great. And, um, good. It's great, it's man. That's awesome. Yeah. 
yeah, you know, bring the torches, let your voice be heard. You know, that's, 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 that's what it's about. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, and we got a long ways to go and it's, it, it's, there's probably going to be a little more pain before, uh, it gets better. But, you know, all I can say to any of those, you know, small craft farms out there, you guys are doing God's work, stay with it, keep your head up and, and just, you know, eyes on the prize. Remember why you're in it and, and, you know, uh, get through this year. You know, it's, it's, it's just strange to me right now how you can walk into a dispensary and the price on an eighth is the same price as it was in the nineties, you know? Well, and that's and, not, uh, yeah, that's not right too. Yeah. You, you mentioned that to me and I was blown away and we, we, we work locally with, with this, this mentality too of, uh, <laughs> I mean, we've had Ed Rosenthal on the show, and he was saying pot for pennies, and we we, we stand on the shoulders of giants of um, Val Corral and Wham and Mike Corral, and, and I was just speaking about Dennis Perone last week and celebrating that 25th anniversary of Prop 215, the passage of Prop 215, and... Uh, you know, that was his quote. All, all use is medicinal use and just, just engaging with cannabis is by default, uh, because of the war on drugs is, is political. And yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to see the, the homies come out of the hills and the, and the, you know, brethren and sistren get together and organize. Cause this is a, a lot of these communities I'm thinking about specifically with Humboldt, the Mateel Center, Reggae on the River, these, uh, I mean, I'm I'm south, but I feel connected to the community because of the experiences I was uh, a part of through the radio show. A lot of my experiences in Humboldt County, where I had a media pass from KSCO up in up in French's camp, and I just it's just so important to me that we emphasize that this is a community of of operators of local small business legacy farmers that have that political mindset of, of taking care of the community, taking care of the youth, taking care of the elderly, especially with this uh, this idea of compassion and SB 34. I mean, that's the key thing of why we have a legal system is because we were looking at the AIDS patients dying in, all over the world in, the, in that time of the uh, – in San Francisco with Brownie Mary and, and Dennis Perone and Jack Hare and – and and to continue that culture, and I agree with you too. The long term, I, I I look for single origin small batch coffee for a reason, and I think the same will apply when there's a federal cannabis market. They're going to look for the the families that know and care, and and it's the smaller farmer. The the shadow of the farmer makes the fruit that much sweeter, and 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 small batch is crucial. Because it is crap. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and and the small farms are all in this together. There's not competition amongst the small farms. You know, we need to. We are all one brand of that higher that higher level of artisanship. And you know, it's like you know, for those that go into uh, you know the, the old beer cave, you know, and you look at all the microbrews that are lined up. You know, I don't go to all my my tried and trues. I'm always looking for those seasonals, those you know the the new oh, brews. Yeah, I, sure. I, I love this sample. So why why you know that should be how it is with the cannabis consumer? You know, hey, one day this farm, maybe something else. You know, and and just kind of roll it like that. And uh, you know, and and these farms do take care of their community, man. You know, um, I'm I'm long time uh, Reggae on the River guy myself, and uh, that was my New Year's. You know, I my oh my big time around that. You know, everybody that would come together um, out of the hills. We didn't have social media in the early days. You know, most of us didn't even carry cell phones for for legal reasons. And, <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> so yeah. Right down the river, you know, and that's where everybody got the burn down. And, you burn down. You yeah. stay up all night. You go to the dance hall, and uh, oh, yeah. I would discover a lot of great work. <laughs> going oh, yeah. at the dance hall. It's amazing. It's just like making a friend and sitting down to roll one and be like, whoa, what is this? You know, and, and a lot of the community centers and volunteer fire departments and, you know, um, you know, the environmental causes and stuff up here, they are supported by the farms, man. Um, and, you know, the cannabis money that was here, you know, it, it, there was a lot of people that, that, you know, they might've made a little bit extra. Sure. They got to eat a, a steak twice a week, but they gave back to the, to the local community centers. The next year camp took their crop and they didn't get to give that year, but maybe the neighbor did. And it was a it real balanced out. Year, you know? yeah. Yeah. It balanced out. And, you know, and, um, uh, there's been, uh, I think we're on the 
third year, there, there's a local competition, cannabis competition, kind of a connoisseur event out of Garberville called the Feast of Flowers, and all the entry fees get given back to volunteer fire departments. And it's, there's there's no financial, uh, you know, incentives for this competition. It's just uh, good weed, uh, you know, judged by people that understand the nuances, and uh, all the entry fees go back to the community. And that's that's what it's all about. You know, it's not about these, you know, this, these big marketing campaigns and sponsors and all that. It's, it's, it's really about this bigger, you know, community vibe. Wow. That Feast of Flowers, that's fantastic. I think that's a nice, we're hungry. I think people are hungry in, in, in this COVID era too. I spoke to farmers every week throughout 2020. Didn't change much for their lifestyle because they're just farming, right? Like the lockdowns and whatnot. It's like, well, I, I have, you know, I do what I do. I've been growing herb. It's been great, <laughs> but but a lot of people were tripping because they weren't going out and whatnot. But I think it's nice to also look to the future. I know uh, John of Huckleberry too is looking towards this uh, idea of tourism, and I think even be, before tourism, just having these like feast of flower uh, celebrations on on regional levels is is so exciting. Or even like the farmers market. I believe in Laytonville there was some. Little, yeah. little thing going on and it's so cool and i want to support that because man that is the that is the uh catalyst those little zones and the the getting the heads together uh magic can happen and especially if you put some intention behind it like supporting the 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 firefighters right and that and we need that i mean it's becoming a annual thing last year was czu in in santa cruz and and then this year was caldor fire in El Dorado County, where I grew up, and so it's just like a double whammy. It's just like, oh man, this is just a way of life now. Fire. It it's a sad way of life, right? Uh, you know. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. You know, we we had a close call last year. This year was a lot better to us, but you know, there was other areas in the county that were burning. Um, poor Trinity County. You know, it's been hit the last three years in a row pretty dang yeah, hard. Real hard. Um, you know, uh, you, you know, even looking back, like into the Sierras, where like High Sierra Music Festival is held, you know, Plumas County, in the last five years, seventy-five percent of that county has burned over. Seventy-five percent of that county has burned in five years, and uh, it's a big county, also. You know, and it's just like yeah. what's going on right now. Now we need so there's there's bigger issues in, out there. You know, uh, I mean, obviously we all need to address, and 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 you know, that's one thing being a new industry. Cannabis should be taking the lead on this. We should be. This should be an eco-friendly industry out of the gate. Hundred percent. Plastic, all this crap that we're doing, like it's it's sickening. It is. It's it's it, it it sucks. And to do it at scale, to do it cost-effective, to do it to compete. You know, everybody keeps tending back to these you know single-use plastics. And um, you know, I mean, even even the metric tags. You know, let's talk about the e-waste. You know. Lots of these farms, you know, that are cycling through greenhouses and they have high plant counts. You know, you could be going through five, ten, fifteen thousand electronic plastic tags, you know, a season. And this Jeez. is one farm. And, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's real. Yeah, it's every plant. No, you're so right. If only every plant had seeds in it and could sequester more carbon. <laughs> you just bury them, bury them in the compost pile and see what happens. I, I just I just think that the, you know the old school people that actually built this industry before it went legal were on that mindset of you know this could be something better it should be something a little more beautiful than it is right now and it still can be you know it, it, even if it's just on the craft industry side of it but we we could definitely guide this a whole different direction you know and and for us you know we do a lot of rain catchment you know a lot of solar power we, you know it's it's we try to be as eco friendly and lessen our footprint as as much as we can. Um, you know, there, there's a few things that are kind of inevitable it's, it, with the plastics, and, and, you know, we try to minimize that as much as we can. Um, but, you know, there's a better path, you know, and and there could be money to be made if somebody wanted to produce those things. I mean, we'd be willing to pay more for, you know, you know biodegradable, uh, you know, trellises at scale, those type of things, you know, not just not just the, the netting and stuff that they have out there now. But there's there's ways for companies that want to make money off of us to make money off of us and to help the environment at the same time. Hey, I love that. That's uh, there's opportunity, right? When there's an issue, there's also opportunity. That's the that's the way. That's the way. I mean, that's this uh, funny experiment in, in in capitalism. But I I also believe hemp could be a piece to this puzzle. Anything that's plastic could also be hemp. Uh, we've seen this. Yeah. We, we know this. Paper too, and anything. I mean, there's there's opportunity for 
exploration and innovation and and evolution. That's a key thing. And I, 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 we're 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 getting close to the top of the hour, but I would love to hear a little bit about. Uh, I like to nerd out a little bit about cultivars. And is there anything this year that just like stood out to you as a farmer? I love to learn about. You know what? What? What can the consumers maybe look forward to, or or, or something that you know cultivar-wise that that was really special or, or or performed out of the ordinary? Um. Yeah, we've been pheno hunting this one strain. Uh, it's called Wildberry Pie, and it stems from uh, our award-winning Northern Berry uh, crossed up with the Humble Seed Company's Blueberry Muffin. And we have two different cuts of it. One of them finishes uh, late September. One finishes about October 10th. One's gassy. One is not. So uh, these two, we've, we've got to narrow down to two cuts. Um, did those both in small batches. But the plants are absolutely gorgeous. I mean, they are deep purple through and through. Nice. The five cones are stacking. Yeah, we haven't got the test results back from our final cuts yet. We just got those in the cure room. So I'm going to have to fill that information in a little bit later. But I'm really excited about those. We're going to enter them in the, uh, the, the cup, and we're going to go to the state fair. And, uh, you know, and, and, and we're going to enter them in some head stash jars. So, you know, we got to meet up because i got to get you some of this. Yeah, you got to come to Santa Cruz. This is yeah, your yeah. – This is your. we're <laughs> popping your Santa Cruz cherry on the airwaves. But you got to come, come visit. Jeez. Yeah, we got. Yeah, dude, we got. Well, I gotta come down there. We'll go do. Uh, we'll go do the the dead shrine and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you would love the archives, man. That'll blow yeah. you away. You see the handwriting. You see Jerry. It's oh, it's 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 happening. You would love it. I, I know. Absolutely, it's overdue, man. It's overdue. We'll get some. We'll get some uh, head stash jars and some special stuff and and let you toy around with them. But yeah, uh, likewise. Yeah, Tomorrow we're jarring up like 2,000 jars. Uh, we're teaming up with Moonmaid uh, Tina over there. She's we're doing the Tangle Roots collaboration with them, so it's like a, a moon theme collaboration. And ours our cut out of that's uh, an exclusive blueberry gelato. We've been pheno you know, hunting, and it's a cross between uh, some genetics from Happy Dreams Genetics and the Humboldt Seed Company. And uh, took second place at the Feast of Flowers with that one last year. Really happy about it. It's a low THC strain, 20%, but it's all terpenes. So we just want to share experiences. You know, we want to get people off that novelty of that, you know, that THC percentage and, and kind of get them back to uh, what good craft cannabis is all about. Because, you, you know, six years ago when you bought weed, you know, you opened a bag, you looked at it, you smelt it, and you said yes or no. And that was it. <laughs> nose, nose. I still believe that. That's my mantra. Nose, nose. And I'm, 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 I'm sensing a blueberry theme, and that Lena Lul profile is so good for you. It's so, it's so good. It's nice to see. It's nice to see farms go that direction because it's you got to grow what you want to smoke too. You do, you do. I mean, there's there's a there's a bigger picture. It can't be just because it's my my favorite. You know, I mean, um, it's it's got to have, uh, you know, it's got to hit on all cylinders for us to put it into like a little larger production because we got to go to market with this stuff. But uh, it's nice to fill some head stash jars and just smile at the end of the day, and know that you did something nice, and um, and you know, everything Tina does with her work has just been amazing. So it's really excited and privileged to to be working with her and and just stoked on everything she does. I love it. No, I love it too. I mean, I, with, can you speak to the namesake too? I mean, that's that, it's powerful. I I do believe a lot of my every time I harvest, the moon's out. I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm drawn by the moon. I'm I'm full of solidarity. It's a feminine plant, and uh, you know the moon's the key thing. <laughs> and you guys are the moon, the moon tangled roots vibe. Yeah, so it's funny because uh, Tina and I kind of were uh, being interviewed on this before together, and. And, you know, her whole thing is exactly that. You know, it's a feminine thing and planting by the moon cycles and, and very connected with, you know, the energies of the moon and what they do for the plant. And mine was the opposite. I was going back to our gorilla growing days when I did all my work. <laughs> I, was, oh, I, was, I love it. I, 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 I used to have to haul my soil and, and, you know, move my plants at night. And if the moon was out, even better. And, you know, you're covering your trails and, and, uh, you know, every, it was just being more stealthy because the risk-reward factors back in those days were a little different, right? So exactly. um, me, I, I got my start under the full moon. That's where I, that's where mine came from. Wow. Good roots. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's good. That's good insight. I'm glad I asked because that's true. I, we have so many friends here, surfers, that were hiking out in the, the Big Sur wilderness, too. These just wild parts of the 
Yeah, well, you know, the continent ends in these massive cliffs and, and, and rugged country, right? Rugged mountains, rugged coastal growing conditions, yet some of the most amazing, like Big Sur Holyweed and some of the cultivars that were, like, like what we were talking about earlier, these like California land race building block foundation cultivars, these are the products of all that love walking through the wilderness by moonlight. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't easy back then. <laughs> it wasn't easy. You had to, you had to put the time in, but you know, hey, you know that was fun. It, like we said, you know, it's you weren't really uh, you weren't really a criminal. You were just an outlaw. We were breaking breaking a law that we felt was unjust, and uh, you know, trying to tend to a plant that we cared about and um, whole different thing. Uh, yeah, well said. Yeah, the outlaw the the outlaw is a key key can. can key component to the civil disobedience conversation and and continuing that in in our in our legal era we can't lose where we come from i i always think back on my public school education and how history was kind of like it was such a it was a not well done it, was, it wasn't until i was a, a full-grown adult that i really started understanding and and learning proper history and i think that's something to to emphasize in this in this time is to re, to remember where we come from especially with this reminder of prop 215 and you know dennis perone was shot i did this little conversation last week and he was willing to go to jail because he was he believed in the plant and believed in the community and believed in what he was doing and that is a whole nother world and level above the industry today yeah, especially at a time where the powers that be wanted to silence those that were the most outspoken and trying to, uh, you know, start a movement. You know, they didn't want people on the podium uh, preaching cannabis in the height of the drug war. Straight up, no, that was, and it was also, uh, it, it, when when people get together and and enjoy a, you know, a circle, they come together and they they come to get, essentially the conversation that follows, the connections that are built. It can change history, and we've seen it happen, and it continues to happen. And uh, we're right here at the top of the hour. We're almost uh, up to nine o'clock. And, and and thank you, Marshall, for calling in. I, I don't know if we have time to bring on another another caller, but I just want to give uh, Nick the last words and say, hey, thanks for coming on the Cannabis Connection. And I'm sure our audience were stoked on this. Hey, man, uh, thank you for having me. I just want to give a big shout out to our whole team, our tribe. You know, without them, this wouldn't even be happening. I can't even tell you how hard these guys work, how passionate they are. Um, you know, it's they're not in there just clocking in hours. They're out there, you know, pouring their hearts into these plants, and it shows. And without them, it wouldn't be possible. So love, love you guys, and uh, thank you again, man. Anytime. Have me back. Yes, give thanks. You got to come down to Santa Cruz. We'll have some head stash for you. We'll do a little bean exchange and uh, keep the good greens growing. And for all of you listening, you've been listening to the Cannabis Connection. I hope you have a beautiful weekend. Stay up, take care of each other, and grow something green. I'm Smiley Green. You've been listening to the Cannabis Connection.